Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Craving some great 80s music. Play Virgin Radio 80s Plus. DAB Digital Radio on the app on your smart speaker and at virginradio80splus.co.uk Love Chris Evans love the 80s I'm thinking of you and the things you do to me Virgin Radio 80s Plus All right welcome to the show Vasos is here Aloha and Rachel's here Greetings. Very soon, Chris Van Tulliken will be here. Tell us about Chris Van Tulliken, Rachel. Chris Van Tulliken is a revelation. He is going to tell you all about UPF, that is ultra processed food. I had a little uh, flick through his book yesterday and there were some moments where I felt quite nauseous, I think is the mm. correct description, when he described most ultra processed foods as being pre-chewed. That was that was a moment to think about. Uh, and he also talked about how cheese was invented. So there's some real gems in this book. Oh, and whether supplements actually work. The three ages of eating, how our bodies really manage calories, why it isn't about sugar. Chapter 7, part 2. That's the whole chapter. Chapter 8, part 2. Or exercise. Chapter 9, part 2. Or about willpower. It's not about any of those things. About something else. Also talks about this great experiment where they let um, babies sort of self-regulate what they ate, and the babies totally sorted themselves out. <laughs> does does he go on a diet for this book? Of course he goes on a diet for this book with his bro. Um, what else jumped out at you, Vassal? Well, the fact that his then one eighteen-month-old daughter. Well, she like she was two anyway. She was she was old enough to eat, and she usually got. Um, he was starting his. I'm going to go on an ultra processed food diet, and it was day one. Let's see what happens to me if I eat only ultra processed food or eighty percent ultra processed food. And so he had some cocoa pops, and his daughter went me cocoa pops, and he went no 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 <laughs> not not you. Cocoa Here's your pops. porridge. Yeah, and um and he and she Utah's and me cocoa yeah. pops. She she had a meltdown. She got the cocoa pops, and he said usually it was quite tough to get her to eat, especially in the mornings. But she had absolutely no self-control. She would have an adult's portion of Cocoa Pops. The 30 grand portion is about a fistful. And then she would just have it again and again. And that really struck me. You know, imagine that. Imagine a baby who, like you say, they can regulate themselves, but they can't when faced with this. Somebody says on the back of it, a lady called B. Wilson, if you only read one diet or nutrition book in your life, make it this one. Coming up, ultra processed people, Chris Van Tolleken. The Rolling Stones working on a brand new documentary about the making of Hackney Diamonds. Um, a new documentary from the Rolling Stones is on the way in light of the band's upcoming album, Hackney Diamonds. So they've made their album, they're promoting their album, and they're now making a documentary about um, the making of the album. And then, that's one story, here's another one. In the mick of time, the Rolling Stones reveal they're already working on their next album. You know, they're not kicking back, are they? They're not sitting on the porch looking at the alfalfa, Good considering on them. which glass of wine they might yeah. have next. <laughs> they're, they're like 100 and... Yeah. What are they? They're a whole... I think they have a combined age of 260-something. Yeah. 
Um, well, there you go. Leading the way. So, um, you know, uh, banging the drum. Get a first look inside huge new MSG Sphere venue in Las Vegas. Now, this is MSG, not as in monosodium glutamate. Um, MSG stands for, I presume, the people who paid for it. Is that like the Etihad Stadium or something? I would guess so. The, what do MSGs do? <laughs> I don't know either. Um, well, it costs $2.3 billion is what it costs, that big thing over there. Oh, Madison Square Gardens is what it stands for. Do they know that also MSG is like the thing that... Mm. That you... Chris Van Tolleken's just written a book about, basically. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> mm. Who's going to tell them? I'm not, I ain't going to tell them. Mm. I'm not going to be the one that delivers that message. Mick Jagger's 80. Keith Richards is 79. Ronnie Wood's 76. Um, they have a combined age of the running stands of 235 years old, and they're still... Um, working away. So that's going on there. Daredevil Grandmother 68 has completed nearly 500 paraglides with her adorable pet dog. I don't think I've ever Aww. paraglided. I either haven't or I have, and I wasn't that impressed with it. Otherwise, I'd remember it. Have you paraglided? I did last summer. I um, threw myself off a cliff in um, the Alps. Um, <laughs> on purpose. Yep. On purpose. The guy, the guy who was strapped to the instructor was strapped to, to me, and he said, "Okay, run." And and I well, started with somebody on your back. Yeah, yeah. That's hard. Is that and, not hard? And then, not and your then, and then <laughs> you've and then, run with him as a minion. And then I started running, and then I thought, actually, no, I don't, I don't want. To, I'm not actually. So you don't. I mean, it's a sort of against human nature to throw yourself off a cliff yeah. edge. Well, anything. So, so I stopped <laughs> running, and I thought he can do that. He can do everything because I'm yeah. just, you know. And then he goes, no, 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 you've got to run there. Otherwise, it's really unsafe. And then I completely panicked and, and, and totally stopped running. Oh. And, but it, it, it turned out fine. We survived. Wow. Um, anybody still with us there? I felt like we were... Stressful. We, we, were tied, we were tied on your back then. I thought you took us with you. It was it was really impressive. Once we come through the cloud, it was like, oh, you do feel a bit like you're flying. But okay. the, the, he had control of the parachute. Yeah. I, was I mean... Like, just so you know, the, the, the story was about paragliding, not parachuting. Yeah, paragliding is parachuting off a cliff, isn't it? Um... I don't know. But I was thinking about parascending. I've never parascended. I'd remember if I paraglided. It's parascending, so when you go up. Yeah, parascend. Yeah, of course. Uh, so you're on the back of a boat. Oh yeah, I've done up. that one. Yeah, people, you know. What's the one where you're <laughs> you in a hang glider? Done it. I've so, done the parascending. Yeah. I haven't done the. No. Good. <laughs> Anybody still with us? Checking Tuesday, Big Sis Die, wishing uh, Boo and what happy birthday. It's the twins' birthday today. They are five. They are five. And on the way to school, we have a little video of Walt with his birthday bongos. Which is lovely. Yeah, he's got birthday bongos. He's actually got birthday bongos. And I said birthday bongos to the team, birthday bingos. Bongo bingo, which was a big thing during lockdown, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. Online. Do you remember? Uh, and after no, I went to Bongo Bingo. And after. I didn't know that Bongo Bingo was around during lockdown. I only experienced it post lockdown in a crazy club. I think people did their own Bongo Bingo during lockdown. And then it was this big live event after lockdown. And as I, sometimes when the show is serendipitous, I say this to the team, the team say, oh, we have a Bongo Bingo surprise for you later. And this all comes from Walt's birthday present, which was bongos, and the team had no idea about it. It's Amazing. One the, it's one of those shows. Oppenheimer still haven't seen it. Anybody seen it? No, it's not Barbie. Anybody on the team seen Oppenheimer? And Felix? No, it's, no, it's a shake of the head from Felix. 
Well, that was worse than a thumbs down. Mm. Oppenheimer overtakes Bohemian Rhapsody to become the biggest biopic of all time. Oppenheimer has overtaken Bo Rap to become the highest ever grossing biopic at the worldwide box office. Talking about Bohemian Rhapsody, the Queen auctions, the Freddie mm-hmm. Mercury auctions, forty million pounds. Yesterday. There was a comb in there whose estimate was £400 yes. and it went for £156,000. And it was a silver comb and it was a special comb. Rachel, why was it a special comb? I don't know. Because it was his moustache comb. <laughs> he had a Tiffany's <laughs> moustache comb. <laughs> and would he not use that for his head of hair? Don't know. Don't know, but it was specifically... I think it had the little moustache etched on it, didn't it? <laughs> Wow. A Danish artist who submitted empty frames as artwork to, told to repay funding. A Danish artist who pocketed large sums of money lent to him by a museum and submitted empty frames as his artwork has been ordered by a court to repay the funds. <laughs> what do they call that? That kind of art? Abstract. Abstract. Hmm. Well, that's yeah. Absent. That's one word for <laughs> yeah. it. Yeah, absent. Better. Batteries powering Coldplay. Coldplay have started powering all their shows with car batteries. And you can go to a Coldplay show now and you can jump on some bikes that are in the arena, in the auditorium, and you can pedal the bikes whilst watching your favourite band and your pedalling will help power their gig and the therefore the performance that you're watching. So it's powered by car batteries or it's powered by the fans? It's both. It's just like better than um, Amazing. Uh, another kind of footprint that will take a greater toll on the planet. The band- you, if you offer to cycle, do you get a free ticket? The band fronted by Chris Martin are in the middle of their Music of the Spheres World Tour, which has been groundbreaking thanks to the group's devotion to making shows eco-friendly. Drummer Will Champion said, we're running shows completely from a battery now, so we're not using any outside power. Good. Bond Street Tube Station's Burberry Street stunt band uh, branded a no no. Oh, what did they do? I don't know, but we we travel through Bond Street, don't we? Yeah, we on do. Our commu- Should we do it together today? What and pop out and witness this? <laughs> Commuters and tourists were left angry and confused. Ooh, angry and confused. They're always angry and confused. <laughs> It's London. After a marketing stunt at a London Underground station saw Bond Street rebranded as Burberry Street for London Fashion Week. Oh no, that'd do it. That's confusing. Especially if you're a tourist. (laughs) That's really annoying. (laughs) It's it's completely unfair. There's so much going on today Uh, and yesterday. I was was cycling back across London yesterday from the show and basically there were film crews and and camera shoots and photo shoots everywhere because London Fashion Week is happening. It is here and it is definitely happening. Um, what about this? Uh, this could be the holy grail to replace palm oil. A Scottish research team believe they may have produced the holy grail alternative to palm oil. It is estimated that almost half of all food and cosmetic products on supermarket shelves contain palm oil. It's used in everything from chocolate, shampoo, pizza, toothpaste and deodorant. Um, palm oil production is said to have been responsible for about 8% of the world's deforestation. Uh, food experts at Queen Margaret University, QMU in Edinburgh, say their new 100% plant-based ingredient is 70% better for the environment. Who might know a bit more about this, do you think? Ooh, what about a Van Tulliken? Chris Van Tulliken. And finally for now, Kirsten Dunn's son is a massive Spider-Man fan, but has no clue that she starred in the Spider-Man film. I don't buy that. Well, he would have... If he's watched, if he's a fan, he'll just, have watched the movie yeah, and and seen her. But maybe he's just fans of the new Spider-Man mm. stuff. If, if you're a massive fan, you've watched the back catalogue. 
<laughs> not, not if you don't know there is one because you're only seven. You're going, all right, I must watch the back catalogue. <laughs> I've enjoyed the first of the franchise. Um, now I must definitely carve up some seven-year-old time to catch up with the origin stories of the franchise that I have clearly fallen in love with. Do you think she needs to like sit him down and prepare him or would you just for the laugh... Yeah, just let him... Press play and record his reaction. I don't, imagine <laughs> having that up your sleeve. Imagine, <laughs> imagine if your son is just becomes a massive football fan and doesn't know that you're messy, you know? <laughs> That's why you were never around at the weekends. <laughs> you, um, Rachel, you said, oh, um, was Kirsten Dunst as MJ, was was it she of the upside down kiss? Yeah. Would that be with Tobey Maguire? Yes. That is the thing, isn't it? Yeah. That happened then. Yeah. Do you know when? Oh, I said, but was last year? 100 years ago. Yeah. 2002 one. Well, six months ago yeah. 21 years ago oh my goodness I think she came on the show to talk about it in <laughs> real time stop yeah Felix had just been born Felix was one Aww. he's now got a double first class everything MBA honours at Edinburgh University Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile with the price of just about everything going up during inflation we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, to get 20, 20, 20, to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Vassals, it's over to you. He's the Sunday Times best-selling TV starring Doctor Who put his body on the line and ate dirty so we can learn lessons and eat clean. His new book, Ultra Processed People, Why Do We Eat Stuff That Isn't Food and Why Can't We Stop is out now. So please put your hands together because if anyone can, Chris Van Tunica. Morning, Chris. I'm going to have to work hard to live up to that introduction, aren't I? Well, you've already done the hard work. You've done the heavy lifting. You're just here to talk about it. A wonderful and fascinating expose, says Michael Mosley. He should know. Packed with I never knew that moment, says Hannah Fry. Um, Incendiary infuriating, says Chris Pack. And B. Wilson says, if you only read one diet or nutrition book in your life, make it this one. And, you know, I, I could say no pressure, but no, there is no pressure because you've written the book and that's what people think of it. Congratulations. Well, thank you very much. It's... Um... I think the book is resonating because people feel gaslit by the food system. People have been... I mean, all of us are trying to lose weight now. And for that's been... The problem has been growing and growing and growing for 40 years and nothing has worked. And all I've done is say, well, look, here's, here's a fairly simple, obvious solution. Here is a library of evidence about why ultra-processed food drives all these different negative health outcomes. And so I think I think it's sort of arrived at the right moment. The problem's been growing as we have been growing along with the problem. Yeah. I mean, that's your point, isn't it? Well, we've been, we've been growing in one direction, but we're also stunted. So the, the most important people in this discussion are young people. Yeah. So UK children are the heaviest in any equivalent country. We're as heavy as US children. But they're also, at the age of five, that much shorter. So I know we're radio, so 10 centimetres, more than two inches shorter than our equivalents in Scandinavia, places like Holland. In Bulgaria, children at the age of five are two inches taller. So if you put a 
class of British five-year-olds next to a class of European five-year-olds, mm. you could spot the British ones just by looking at them a mile off. And you talk about losing weight there. It's not all about losing weight. It's about being healthy. Of course it is. But um, there's a... I mean, the whole book is completely compelling. It's completely captivating. You can read a page and think about it literally for the rest of the week and then read another one and on you go. The whole um, we burn about 2,000 calories every day if you're a woman, 2,500 if you're a man. So if you exercise more, then you can burn more, you can eat more. Not necessarily the case, is it, Chris? It's it's complicated, but essentially the... the um the, what, what we're pretty sure is that if you live a very, very active lifestyle, you don't burn a very many more calories than if you're very, very sedentary. And there's loads of data. We've got data going back to the 90s about that. So inactivity is a huge health problem. Exercise is extremely good for you but it won't be associated with significant weight Because loss. our body gets more efficient. But partly, and, and, and the, the most compelling evidence comes from studying remote tribes of hunter-gatherer peoples. And what we basically think is if you, instead of being a disc jockey in the UK, you went to Tanzania and lived as a Hadza hunter-gatherer, it doesn't look like you'd burn many more calories each day. What you'd do is you'd steal calories from your inflammation budget and from your anxiety budget. And that is why exercise is good for us. It damps down inflammation, it reduces anxiety it lowers levels of harmful hormones but it doesn't really massively alter if you're a polar explorer if you're a tour de france cyclist you will burn an increased number of calories but you can't do that what about if you're both well, then, then you need to get that's up what, it. That's but what the, we need to do. The most important... And exp explore the North Pole on a bike. It's, it's, <laughs> I think people have done that. I mean, I did some polar explanation, exploration. You do burn more calories. But the, the reason no one knows this is because there was a network of thousands of scientific papers funded by Coca-Cola and some colleagues at the School of Tropical Medicine in London un uncovered this network. And the soft drinks industry funded this idea that if you drink fizzy pop, you can run it off afterwards. And that's why all sporting events that you see are sponsored by the soft drinks industry. So the food industry has a stranglehold on the science and the way we understand right. our Right. Um, I mean, we can pile in anywhere. You can literally stick a pin in the book and you'll get a question for an interview. <laughs> um, was there a diet involved in this? Did you go on a diet to do with this book? Of course you did. Well, uh, Vassos, in your lovely introduction, you said I kind of put my body on the line, I think was the, the phrase you used. And actually I didn't. I ate for one month as, as part of a, a scientific experiment I'm now now, it was gathering pilot data for a research study I'm doing at UCL. So it wasn't done just as a stunt. But I ate a diet of 80% ultra processed food for one month. Now, this is a diet that 20% of the people in the UK eat. It's a very normal diet for a British teenager. And in one month, we saw I gained so much weight that I would have doubled my body weight, again, more than six kilos. We saw huge changes in my brain uh, connectivity in the, in the addiction centers and the bits at the back of the brain, oh, the habit centers. Um, and we saw a change in my hormonal response to food. So one of the big key points in the book is this is food. Ultra processed food is designed and engineered to get around your body's ability to say I'm full. And I know so many people listening will say, I have this experience where I'm eating the food and I want to stop and I sort of feel full and yet I can't stop. And we have loads of evidence that the, this food is, is addictive for loads of people. You also have evidence, and it speaks to a, a similar thing from, from a different direction, that sometimes you keep on eating low-density uh, nutrient-filled food or, or uh, not that isn't, doesn't have hardly any, because your body or your microbiome is looking for some nutrients. I think that 
One of the questions that people are asking now, because the evidence that this food causes weight gain and obesity and is, is the primary cause of weight gain and obesity is now very strong. How it does it is interesting. And there are all kinds of different problems with it. So one of the things is it's got it's so low in micronutrients that your body is exactly as you say it's it's hunting out nutrition and that's what's where's driving the goodness where's the goodness right let's have another spoonful right. just right. to check right and we're 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 so that's one mechanism the other thing is um, it tells your body lies so non nutritive sweetness or artificial sweetness the best example if you put sweet taste in the mouth and sugar never arrives, that's really stressful and confusing for your body. And we're starting to understand that maybe why the World Health Organization is now saying that non-nutritive sweeteners are not better than sugar metabolically and they don't help with weight loss. And that, the problem is we took the sugar out of our food, we did a sugar tax, and now children the age of my youngest, three-year-olds in this country, drink on average a whole can of artificially sweetened drinks every single day. That's the average. So we've we've replaced the sugar with molecules that are certainly not any better. So they do say if you want to change um, habits, make them tiny and make them easy. Um, and I'm very fortunate because I'm married to my wife, who is super healthy, you know, super conscious, uh, super laborious and full of industry. Uh, providing me and my children our children with the best possible diet whether we choose to have it or not is a different thing and even if we just started to have a bowl of her soup and then what we wanted and things like that what's happened is you know she has miraculously vicariously almost via osmosis weaned us off bad food so yesterday i go home and on the on the 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 hob on the back burner on the hob is a massive bowl Monday of, of of leek and potato soup and I can't wait for it you know and there's a fridge full of all the naughties there's a, a naughty drawer as well there for the weekends no I'm not interested I'm not I almost don't want to add any salt to this thing you know have a bowl I don't want any bread with it and um, I can't tell you you know this sorry I can't tell people listening what a blessing it is to not want food that's bad for you. And you can get to a point where your body just, as much as you want bad food or have wanted bad food in the past and can't stop eating it, like your book says here, Ultra Processed People, you know, why do we all eat stuff that isn't food and why can't we stop? You can get to a point if you put all the way, if you have the benefit and the resources and the good fortune of time and budget or whatever it is, and knowledge, you can get to a point where you don't want the bad food. You're so right and you're so right to make this point that this is an issue of social justice, that our most disadvantaged people are essentially forced to eat ultra-processed food because it's all that's affordable and available. And at the heart of the book is, is this invitation to do an experiment. So I think there is no advice anywhere in the book because I, I can't tell anyone how to eat. I don't want to do that. I don't know your budget. I do invite the reader to keep eating ultra-processed food while you read because we have really good evidence that that is a good way to quit an addiction. It's to keep eating, engage with the food, taste it. So if anyone's right now eating some, and there will be many millions of people who are eating it right as they listen, read your ingredients, keep eating it, and the idea is by the end of the book you're disgusted. Now, if you're you or me, it's great. You can go and make leek and potato soup and buy sourdough bread at six pounds a loaf and, and switch yourself to a delicious non-ultra processed diet. For many people, that will be impossible. And so I, 
I feel almost bad kind of putting that in the book because I think there are a lot of people who are going to be unable to switch away from ultra-processed. Right, so once again, I've just got to say there's loads of blurb and endorsements on the front and back cover of Chris Van Tullican's book, but one of them um, speaks to, to what I think about this book from B. Wilson. If you only read one diet or nutrition book in your life, make it this one. It is ultra-processed, people. Why do we all eat stuff that isn't food and why can't we stop? Bassos. Well, speaking of stuff that isn't food, I thought it was very interesting <laughs> that the, the chapter about Pringles going to court to try and prove that they're actually this, their potato content is so low that you can't actually describe them as a crisp. And funnily enough, because of tax reasons, it was Pringles who was trying to prove it. This is so I remembered this story. I was I wanted to put this story in the book and someone said to me, weren't Pringles sued because there wasn't enough potato to call them a crisp? And when I looked it up, it was Procter and Gamble who were taking the Treasury, the HMRC, to court to try and get Pringles declared to be more like little cakes because then they wouldn't be taxed because they're non-vatable because our tax laws in this country are so arcane. So whenever you see these kind of crazy cases in court, whether it's Jaffa Cakes or Pringles, it's always a company trying to get off paying 20% tax. And the lawsuits, we pay for these lawsuits. So Kellogg's sued the government recently when uh, they want we wanted to move... I think it was crunchy, not corn. I'm going to get this a bit wrong, so let's hope we don't Careful. expose ourselves to legal action. <laughs> something happened to something. We were, we were moving a cereal out of the yeah. eye line of kids. We were oh. changing the position in, in the supermarket. And Kellogg's brought a lawsuit that, of course, all these companies employed the absolutely the best King's councils you can possibly afford. Um, and so it costs us a huge amount of money. So when we think about how to regulate this food, we have to build into every every government strategy. The Department of Health and Nutrition team are terrified that they're going to get sued by the food industry who have an operating budget that dwarfs the Department of Health. Yeah, that's all really important. That's a government thing. And let's talk about, not because it's a government thing, but let's talk about things that can help people today in their life because they have the power over their own budget, their own shopping trolley, their own basket, their own kitchen cupboards and their own time. Rachel. What do you think about supplements? Can I be really blunt about this? Yes, so um, we have a lot of evidence about vitamins, antioxidants, minerals. And what we are pretty sure is that in every big trial that's ever been done, vitamins and minerals, when you add them to the diet, when they're not in the context of real food, in healthy people, they either have zero health benefit or they increase your risk of early death. And that has been shown over many decades across a huge number of trials. Now, that's the independent evidence that's done by, you know, competent people at very big institutions. The industry shows that they do have a benefit, but those studies are, are not worth reading. So we are we are really sure that if you eat real food, it is extremely good for you. Oily fish, very good for you. Bananas, tomatoes, steak, milk, cheese, it's all really, really good for you. If you try and extract the resveratrol from red wine or the lycopene from a tomato or the fish oil from an oily fish, we have shown of so many studies, it doesn't have a health benefit in healthy people. And so supplements, whether it's a, a pill supplement or whether it's a nutritionally complete supplement drink that's made of soy protein isolate with added calcium and vitamin D, uh, there, there is no sign that they have a health benefit and a lot of evidence to think they would be harmful. So Andrew Huberman, who is in many ways America's version of you in one particular lane, I mean, he says that supplements are do have a health benefit. His his podcast is sponsored by a supplement as well, but he seems to be... <laughs> uh, no, I know, I know. He said, but, but, blah, blah, blah. You know, he seems to tell it like it well, is. let's let the listeners figure out who they want to, you know. Yeah, I, I, I completely concur. I just... I take on a lot of what he says, um, and He's I, very good. I, I do. I, enjoy, I do enjoy 
one of his supplements. And by the way, full disclosure, they did have sponsored some of our podcasts and may still be doing that. I'm not sure where the deal is. And it's I'll tell you what it is, Athletic Greens, AG1. I'm sure you're aware of them. Here's the thing. When I have a supplement, let's forget that one. Let's forget them. Let's, ha- let's have a different supplement. It makes me feel like I'm doing something that's better for me. I have it in a pint of water. And you say, well, I have a pint of water anyway. But I suppose it's the mindset, isn't it? There may be a placebo effect. Some of them, you know, maybe they do have a benefit for some people. Most of them don't seem to be very harmful. Um, but mainly they're taken by people who are already yeah, deeply know, concerned I know, about health. I know, health if you speak, anyway. so I've spent a lot of time talking for, yeah. because I do all this BBC presenting, I spend a lot of time to, speaking to elite athletes and their nutrition coaches. If you talk to the nutritionists of any top athletic team, they eat food. They might take a few <laughs> supplements, but broadly they eat real food. They eat and the, food the that one, was found on the planet it's, when the planet was created. It's not complicated. <laughs> we, we are so, every traditional diet we've ever studied, whether it's sea mammal diets in the high arctic fish diets in east asia vegan diets from south asia uh, traditional diets from all over the world are associated with good health the only diet that isn't is the western north rich western american diet of ultra processed industrial food and that is associated with uh, so ultra processed food has now been very well linked in big prospective independent studies with increases in cancer in metabolic disease like type 2 diabetes in inflammatory disease like Crohn's disease in anxiety depression dementia and early death from all causes okay so you know great here we go page sorry to be listy about it no but, no don't um, worry you list away my friend um, stick a pin in this one uh, here we go paragraph 2 page 1 six. literally stick a pin and you can come up with a question so You've talked about the connectivity between um, certain regions of our whole body intelligence, not just our brain, neurons everywhere, of course, not just in the head, um, that are that's, that sort of um, magnetise our addictive um, tendencies. But you can begin to light up mo- much more positive uh, networks. How do you do that? Well, the... The addiction stuff is interesting because I think for a long time people said we can't really be addicted to food because Mm. baked into the idea of addiction is abstinence. If you're going to call something addictive, you you have to quit it. We know that I am someone who has addictive tendencies and have lived with various addictions and I have to be abstinent from those things. You You can't be abstinent from food. But we have to eat food. But you can be abstinent in theory, not in practice, but in theory from ultra-processed food. So um, one of the ways of doing that is there was this book called um, The Easy Way to Quit Smoking that you I mean, almost everyone has used. got it on Audible. We've all got it. <laughs> and it, it's the only self-help book that the World Health Organization recommend reading for people with addiction. And there's loads of research on it. Are you going to prove that you've got it on Audible? I've got it. I've got, I think I've got something slightly better. But anyway, off you go. So there's loads of studies on it. And so I... I I tried to write ultra-processed people using this technique of saying to people, engage with the food and making it disgusting. Because anyone who's had an addiction will know you can flick from being addicted to substances or people to being very disgusted by them quite quickly. Often people will recognise it maybe in relationships where you can go from being infatuated with someone to being really not infatuated with them quickly. And that happens with lots of other things, booze, uh, cigarettes it often happens with. And so that seems to be happening to a lot of people that read the book. By the end of the book, they just don't want to read it. Well, here you don't go. want to eat it. 
This is the one I'm on at the moment. The easy way to control alcohol. I mean, it's a very well-evidenced technique. I haven't read the alcohol one. The problem with, you couldn't quite write the same book on alcohol because, of course, you can die of letting it go with alcohol. Yeah, yeah. Whereas with the food, if you just engage with the food and immerse yourself in it, this food is not invented to be scrutinised. If you take it out of the packet and really chew it and taste it, you'll realise it doesn't taste it very much. It tastes it for a very small number of flavours. There's no richness. And it's a, it's, a, it's a primary hit on the tongue, isn't it? And after that, it's quite beige. It's all the same. Whether you're eating a, a pizza or a dessert... Salt or, or pudding, sugar. It's all salt and sugar and acid and fat. It's all been mixed in the same ratio. Chapter 20. What to do if you want to stop eating ultra-processed food? Obviously, we want people to buy the book, read the book. You narrate the book on Audible. It's gorgeous. If you listen to a book on Audible, you can actually say, I've read... People do, don't they? go, I've read Chris Vantilligan's um, latest book, even though you haven't. You just had it read to you whilst you're driving and things like that, which is gorgeous, by the way. Or whilst you're cooking, your batch cooking healthy food... Wow, what a compliment that would be. Uh, I mean, just give us a, a, a headline from chapter 20. Um, what should, how should we quit it? Well, batch cooking, I, I, I'm not going to tell anyone what they should do, but I can tell you what I do. I spend many hours of my week uh, batch cooking now, and I've tried to turn cooking from being this thing nationally in the UK. We think of cooking as a hassle that steals time from us, and I'm trying... and it. It still does. I'm not going to be too pious about it, but I've tried to turn it into a joyful thing I do. Pious away, my friend. Well, I try and cook with my kids. I try and teach them a bit of maths using the scales. I mean, it's always it's always a bit of a catastrophe, but I try and turn the, the cooking into a hobby. I mean, we used to spend in the 60s, we would spend three hours a day preparing food per household. And now we spend on average about 15 minutes. Yeah. So and if we, you, sorry, Karen. Well, so, and some people have that, that luxury. Many people, of course, are on zero hours contract and they simply don't have time or money. So I'm, I'm, I'm anxious about giving too much advice. Chris, what a book, man. Ultra Presses people, why do we all eat stuff that isn't food and why can't we stop? It will be back to number one um, if it isn't what didn't start the show. It will be because that's what happens during the show. Only with certain books. This is one of those books. Guarantee, Movers and Shakers by half ten, it'll be number one if it's not. Is it already number one now? Have a check it out. Um, you got to get this book in your life. And if you want to spot um, processed food from, I don't know, 10,000 feet up in the air, then there's a couple of ways of doing it. Uh, one is the more ingredients uh, there are, the more likely it is to be ultra-processed, the more unrecognisable those ingredients are. That's the perfect storm. And also, if it's soft. That's right. I mean, the, the headline is, if it's got one ingredient you don't find in a typical domestic kitchen like xanthan gum or a synthetic emulsifier, a stabilizer, a humectant, a bulking agent, an anti-bulking agent, a foaming agent, flavorings, colorings, then it is an ultra-processed food. Agent. Anything with the word agent. Or, Secret agent. Or E, e numbers. <laughs> <laughs> and, 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 but there are some other ways. Anything with a health claim, anything that says high fiber, high protein, low fat. Low sugar. Or low sugar. Okay. Um, those things are almost certainly ultra-processed. Any food made by a transnational food company. At the heart of the problem is that this is food that's designed using focus groups. And, and I spoke to loads of people in the food industry, loads of lovely people, by the way. You take two formulations of cereal, you test them on 100 people, and the box that people eat, the focus group eats the most of, is the one that goes on the shelf. It's designed to make you be unable to stop eating it. And that is the experience that you're you're having. That's why you can't stop. Vassos looks like he's about to cry. <laughs> you do. No, I look like I'm 
sort of redo because we have been doing this we've since the start of the summer we thought right let's let's you know basically in our households and we are we're lucky to have the means and the time to do this but we have decided to sort of declare war on ultra processed food but reading your book yesterday just gave me such a such a sort of slap because I actually knew it since last time you came in and we chatted and you and I were talking about my oat milk that I have in the fridge and you said (laughs) it's ultra processed food and it took me until July to change to an oat milk that isn't and then I had some um I had some flaxseed with some stuff in it and you went well what's CoQ10 and I'm well it's something the good for you is what is it it's, it's, it's therefore it's ultra processed and and I and so what I'm thinking is why did it take me so long basically to you've got to, 30 to, seconds by the way to come round to your way of thinking and could you fast track everybody oh, we else this please? question 20 minutes ago in short, marketing, so the, the it, you know, the headlines, we, we, individual change is much less important than structural change. We have to limit the, indus, the influence of industry over policy. Uh, we have to get them out of the room. At the moment, the industry virtually write our food policy. They fund things like the British Nutrition Foundation, entirely funded by Coke, Pepsi, Nestle, um, everyone else. So we need to get industry out of the room. And then we need to label the food. We need to interrupt the marketing, especially to children. And so you're that's the best, the Chris. One. Chris, you're the best. Is there any other show you've been on to talk about this book where you felt like you couldn't be pushing more against an open door than ours? I mean, every time <laughs> I come on here, I think I just I am so aligned with you about all of this stuff, and it's such a joy to to come on and talk about it. All right, you're awesome. Thank you so much. Such a pleasure. Don't be a stranger. The Graham Norton Radio Show. How exciting is this? With Waitrose. Over on Virgin Radio. Up and Adam, come on, things to do. Don't cheer, you'll just embarrass yourselves. We're not bored of it yet, so it's lovely. There's no stopping them, no stopping them. The Graham Norton Radio Show. Oh, there's nothing nicer, is there? Nothing nicer. With Waitrose, food to feel good about. I mean, what's not to like? Saturday and Sunday from 9.30. Over on Virgin Radio.